Welcome to the STLHighSchoolSports.com Friday Night Football Show. I'm your host, Dave Quidall. Thanks so much for tuning in to this Saturday special edition of the podcast. It was semifinal Saturday in Classes 2, 3, 4, and 5, and championship game Saturday in Class 6. Unfortunately for area teams, it was a very disappointing Saturday, as only MICDS in Class 4 managed to find a way to win. The Rams punched their ticket to their second state championship game appearance in three seasons by knocking off Union. They'll take on Helias Friday at Jefferson City High. We'll talk to Ben Vesa about that game in a moment. DeSmet's reign atop Class 6 came to an end when it was beaten by Ray Moore Peculiar at Jefferson City High. In Class 5 on Friday night, Fort Zumwalt North made its fourth semifinal appearance in five seasons when it took on Jackson, the runner-up from a year ago. Steve Overby will be on to talk about both the Class 5 and 6 games in a little while. In Class 3, Cardinal Ritter was unable to tame the beast that is Blair Oaks. The Lions had to play much of the second half at a bit of a disadvantage as star-wide receiver and Oklahoma recruit Luther Burden got nicked up. Joe Harris will join the show to talk about that game and give us an update on Burden's status. In Class 2, Jefferson made its semifinal debut, and it took on seven-time state champion Lamar, and things got out of hand quick. Lamar scored on its second play of the game, took a 20 to nothing lead after one, a 35 nothing lead into halftime, and went on to win 42-7. For the eighth time in 10 years, Lamar will play for the state championship. Jefferson, fresh off its first district title in school history a few weeks ago, will, however, get to hang a banner for its semifinal appearance in the gym. A tip of the cap to the Blue Jays and Coach Alex Rugley for making it happen in a year unlike any other. We're going to start with the good news first and have Ben Vesa hop on to talk about the MICDS victory over Union. Then we'll talk to Steve Overby, who was at the Class 6 championship game on Saturday and the Class 5 semifinal at Fort Zumwalt North on Friday night. We'll wrap up the show by talking to Joe Harris about Cardinal Ritter and Blair Oaks. Thanks again for tuning in to this Saturday special edition of the STLHighSchoolSports.com Friday Night Football Show. I'm now joined by Ben Vessa, who was at the MICDS Union game Saturday afternoon out at Ledoux. And Ben, you were the only local who got to see a local victory uh, on a Saturday full of semifinal disappointments and a state championship disappointment for St. Louis area teams. What was happening over at MICDS in Union? Yeah, you know, it, uh, it, the game probably couldn't have started out uh, any better for Union, to tell you the truth. They got the opening kickoff, uh, went seven plays, turned it over on downs, which, but then they forced a three and out on MICDS, uh, who's kind of had this juggernaut offense here throughout the playoffs, averaging uh, 44 points a game and uh, this year. Uh, so they get a three and out to start, and then they mount their own 16-play drive that takes up the whole, pretty much the whole first quarter. They get it down, but they don't convert on a fourth down at the, at the two. So they end up uh, giving uh, the ball over to MICDS at the two-yard line, and it's a scoreless first quarter. So Union had the ball for 23 plays, MICDS for three, uh, and it kind of you would think that that was kind of the way Union wanted to to do it. Ball control, uh, get stops on defense, uh, but uh, but the the train started started rolling and it didn't stop there. Uh, MICDS scored on seven of their next eight drives. They scored 28 points in both the second quarter and the third quarter. Mm. The only drive they didn't score on uh, was when they uh, received the kickoff with 24 seconds left in the half, and they still gained 37 yards on that drive. Uh, so uh, their offense was just uh, uh, was just rolling, and they rolled to a 56-20 uh, victory. 
over Union today. And you got to see Union last week against a really, really good Festus team, and, and they kind of bullied them in the trenches and ran all over that Tiger group. What, what was Union trying to do today? Was it was it running that game, running that ball today, or was it they're trying to mix it up a little bit? It was. It was. It was interesting. It was that they tried to run, and it looked like they could. MICDS really just had a three-man front in a defensive line, some linebackers back there. Um, but it looked like running the ball could be effective. But uh, but M- MICDS won up front, and uh, they really shut down that running game uh, pretty much completely. The the ways that uh, that Union moving the ball uh, were through the air. Um, Donovan Rutledge caught six passes for 172 yards. Uh, Liam Hughes threw for 230, and, and both of the touchdowns were scored through the air. Uh, when you know they the Union did score a, a touchdown late in the fourth quarter, but uh, with kind of the reserves in there. Um, but so through the air is where they were going. They they were very successful on third and long. They they converted a third and uh, fourteen. Um, they converted to th- third and ten. Their touchdown was on a fourth down and ten. Uh, a touchdown pass to Rutledge. So, you know, they were staying alive on these drives by being able to convert uh, pretty long down and distances. And uh, But through the air is the way they, they had to move the ball today, which was surprising because just by looking at the defensive front, you said, man, they might be able to run the ball here. And, um, and they just couldn't really get anything going offensively uh, through the run game. And once MICDS gets going, that's a like you said, that's a hard group to stop. Uh, Stephen Hall's been a big running back for them. I know they've had a couple of other guys who've done big things for them. But what was really working for Country Day? Yeah, a little bit of everything. They, uh, you know, Hall ran twelve times for one hundred ninety-one yards mm. and uh, and two touchdowns. Uh, Dorian Reddick scored two touchdowns on the ground as well. So the first, their first two scoring drives were really on the ground that they they. They churned up a lot of yards. They broke a lot of tackles, stepped through a lot of arm, t- arm tackles. Um, their, their linemen are, are athletic. They pull their linemen, and, uh, and those running backs just get behind those linemen and, uh, and, and cruise for, for big yardage. Uh, they, uh, after, uh, after Union scored, made it 14-7, um, they tried an onside kick, and uh, MICDS recovered, and then one play – uh, and uh, Reagan Andrew hit uh, uh, PJ Behan for a uh, for a forty nine yard touchdown on the first play. After that, um, so the passing game was going. Uh, Andrew nine of fourteen for one hundred ninety nine yards and uh, and two touchdowns, um, and uh, spread it around to four uh, different wide receiver four different receivers. Uh, the only things that weren't working were a few uh, trick plays. Uh, one kind of a, a Philly special that uh, I talked to uh, Reagan Andrew after the game. He was gone. I mean, they ran it from their own thirty, and uh, they and Andrew was going down the sideline, uh, wide open. And and Gavin Winker, kind of the hero from the game against Festus uh, for Union, came out of nowhere and just tipped the ball away out of his hands. But uh, but. I talked to Reagan Andrew after the game. He was he was laughing. He said he thought he had a touchdown. You know, he was he was thinking about uh, what he was going to do in the end zone and everything, and <laughs> and it was tipped away. And they tried another one too that just got tipped away, uh, uh, kind of a reverse uh, pass uh, as well. Uh, not 
not directed to the quarterback, but directed uh, downfield uh, to Will Kekmerick. And, and uh, it was, uh, again, Wanker got back there and, uh, and deflected it away. Um, those are the only things that weren't working. And, uh, you know, the conventional stuff uh, seemed, to, seemed to be working just fine. Well, you mentioned Ray and Andrew, the three-year starter for uh, the MICDS football team. He was a freshman under center when they made the championship game in 2018 and were the runner-up to their neighbor and Warson uh, Drive, Warson, what is it, Warson Road. Road. I think it's Road, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they were the runner-up to their Warson Road rival, Ledoux, down the street. So now they're back. And the last time MICDS won a state title was 2004, and you had an interesting conversation with a guy today who was a part of that game, albeit not on the MICDS side. <laughs> yeah, Fred Bouchard, their first-year uh, head coach there at MICDS, uh, was a part of that 2004 game. He was on the other sideline uh, coaching Harrisonville. Uh, and I asked him, I, I said, do I have this right that, that – um, and I barely – got the sentence out the, the last state championship for MICDS in 2004 and he finished the sentence for me and, and said yeah I, uh, I sh-, he said I should have kicked the field goal uh, <laughs> so uh, I guess 45-42 in double overtime um, and uh, they had a chance to send it to a third overtime by kicking a field goal uh, but Bouchard decided he was going to go for the win and go for it on fourth down, and uh, MICDS made the play and stopped them. And, and uh, you know, Bouchard said uh, Harrisonville, who he coached, also won, you know, beat MICDS in 2005 and 2007 to kind of get revenge for that 2004 game. He says nobody at MICDS uh, remembers those games. You know, they only, the, uh, the <laughs> they only remember the – they only remember the 04 game. Uh, but uh, but he's hoping to kind of bring another memory there to uh, to MICDS by uh, by winning uh, by winning uh, on at seven o'clock of on December fourth. Yeah, on Friday. Yeah, they're going to play Helias, number one team in Class Four, a really really dominant group um, at that at, at Helias. They they're unbeaten this season. They beat a really good Cardinal Ritter team pretty handily. I mean, Helias has kind of taken on all comers. And, and found its way to the championship game. Going to be playing in its own backyard at Jefferson City High School. Uh, the championships will be played between Jefferson City High, Helias Catholic High School, and Blair Oaks, which is just outside the city proper in Wardsville. So uh, MICDS has its hands full if they want to win their first state championship since 2004 because Elias is, is <laughs> they're really stinking good. So it yeah. should, be a, should be a good game. I hope their trick plays, if they need them next week, uh, work. Because it could be the difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're hitting on all cylinders, other than those, uh, uh, you know, those those third and longs, four, fourth fourth downs, trying to get their defense off the field. I think that's the thing that uh, uh, that if they could have done it a little better, um, the first half could have looked a, a more like the second half, where they just kind of uh, took the ball and. It gave it back to their offense uh, at will, but um, but if that defense can hold up, uh, the offense looks in, in in pretty good form right now. Wonderful, man, Vesta. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Well, thank you, Dave. Always a pleasure.
I'm now joined by Steve Overby, who's had a busy weekend. He spent Friday watching Jackson and Fort Zumwalt now, north, out in O'Fallon. And then Saturday, went down to Jefferson City to watch DeSmet and Ray Moore Peculiar play for the Class 6 Championship. Steve, you've had a busy two days, man. How's it going? Pretty crazy, yeah. I didn't uh, didn't have much luck with area teams. I got there to cover Zumal North. They got pounded, and today Raymond Peculiar just shocked Desmet twenty three nothing in the Class Six State Title game. I think uh, Desmet might have been a little overconfident. They beat Raymond Peculiar thirty seven zip last year in the semis in Raymore, and uh, the uh, Panthers were out for revenge. And they just they won the game in all three phases. They just uh, they just uh, dominated, especially in the defensive line. Desmet could get nothing going. And that's something we haven't seen. The offensive line for DeSmet's been really good with the last season and this season. And their three-headed monster running backs have been powering that offense to the championship last year and back to the championship game today. What did it look like for that those three running backs, all Division One recruits, when they were trying to make some headway against the Panthers? They could not get going. They could not get going. The offensive line was a little banged up, so that might have had something to do with it. But Rico Barfield, Taj Butts, and Derek Schneider combined for 86 yards on 19 carries. A year ago, they combined for 331 yards and ran wild at Raymore Peculiar. So the defensive line of Raypack came out with a point to prove today, and they surely did. They took care of business. And DeSmet's defense was keeping the minute. It was it was pretty tight at the half. Coach Robert Steeples adjusted the offense in the second half and, and rotated in a different quarterback. I, I know Seth Marcioni had had the starting job for the last couple of games. What did he talk about that in post game? What he was trying to do, switching up his QBs? Well, actually, Marcioni got hit on the leg on the second play from scrimmage, and it mm-hmm. swelled up the whole half. And by halftime, he just wasn't ready to go. So it was more of an injury than anything. But uh, a new face under center probably could pick up the pace, too. But they trailed 7 nothing and a half. DeSmet came out, took the third quarter kickoff, moved into Raypack territory, and then turned the ball over on downs. And on the very, very next play, Raymore Peculiar ran 64 yards for a touchdown. And what was it like for that defense of DeSmet? Was it just a matter of they, they did what they could, they couldn't stop them anymore? What was going on in the second half for the defensive unit? I think they just got worn down. They played well in the first half, and they played well giving up only two big plays through the first three quarters, but uh, it just got the best of them, and they got worn down in the stretch. Coach Steeples at Desmet afterwards talked about uh, the lack of game experience. He said that really hurt, and at first it sounded like an excuse, but the more he explained it, the more it had some validity to it. You know, they have, Desmet had only played six games. Raymond Peculiar had played 13. Raybeck had a full season. They've been practicing since August. No interruptions, no anything, and they just look like the sharper of the team. And as Steeples says, uh, fresh legs don't do it against conditioned legs, and they had the conditioned legs over in the Kansas City area team. Yeah, I DeSmet only played two regular season games. Uh, I think the most any St. Louis County team got was four, maybe five if they went outside of the county line like Rockwood and Parkway were okay to do. So I, I'm curious how that would affect, because a lot of coaches tell me the only way you get better is by playing games, and if you play more games, in theory, you would get better. Obviously, you play more games, you have more opportunities for injury and those kinds of things. But as the, at the end of the season, you should be playing your best football. I don't know what happened to the Spartans. Uh, they, they beat a pretty good Fox team 13 nothing. 
but we didn't see that explosive offense there. They need an obviously talented Ray Peck team and then get shut out. Uh, you had a tweet earlier today. How long has it been since the Spartan offense was shut out? Uh, November 21st of 2017, they lost 20 to nothing against Hayeswood Central. You were at that game, I believe. Was that the, the first game of the season? No. The... No, it was uh, late middle of the season, but uh, 20 nothing to Hayeswood Central. That's been a while, and uh, we were looking it up. The last time DeSmet lost was 751 calendar days ago. That's over two years without losing a football game. And as Coach Steeples pointed out, that's a 20-game winning streak. And that's pretty special no matter how you, how you slice it. Now that's really remarkable considering where the program was when he took it over. Turnovers play a big factor in the game, too. I, I saw DeSmet had some, some fumble issues, no? Yeah, they had a fumble, and they also had an interception, and they were turned over on downs, I believe, three times. Uh, they just couldn't get moving. You know, how DeSmet has that explosive play capabilities. There were never any of those. I think the biggest play was like a 40-yard pass late in the game when it really didn't matter. They just, uh, the running backs, the three, couldn't bust off that long gainer, and uh, they just uh, couldn't find any room to move against that Panther defensive line. That that front seven was monstrous. They were all over both DeSmet quarterbacks. They had no time to, to think or breathe or anything. It was uh, It was total domination in the trenches. Domination in the trenches on Saturday in Jeff City. You saw, like you mentioned earlier, a, a totally dominating effort by Jackson in the Class 5 semifinal in O'Fallon at Fort Zumwalt North Friday night. You, you've seen a lot of football, Steve. How did that Jackson group look compared to what you've seen? I'll tell you what, that Jackson team is, is probably the best football team in the state, no class. I mean, they are just awesome. They have great defense, big play capabilities. They can move the ball on the ground. They can throw it if they have to. They are just monsters. I mean, I don't see anybody beating them. They, they are that good. And it's ironic, one of their offensive tackles, uh, Tillotson, number 71, he's headed to Mizzou, but the rest of the players don't even have scholarships. I mean, these are just uh, hardworking kids, maybe not super talented athletically where they can continue in college, but uh, they play under their system and they do it so, so well. Connor Tollison, like you said, has verbally committed to Mizzou. He'll get to sign in December when the rest of the football guys get to do that. Uh, Cale Welker, their quarterback, uh, he's he's a dual threat, throw it and run it, but I, I get the impression Jackson didn't do a whole lot of throwing last night. What was their modus operandi in beating the Panthers? Well, actually, they had mentioned, Brett Eckley, their coach, had said that you know they kind of expected us to throw, so we're going to run it until they stop us, and, and they never did. I mean, they had some long drives and some big plays from scrimmage, but it's funny, that was the first time Welker had not thrown for a touchdown pass all season. He, he, he was, he, I think he only attempted five passes. They just didn't need it. And people don't understand, like, like Fort Zumwalt North is good. Like, that's a really good Class 5 football team, has consistently made postseason appearances, I think was in its fourth semifinal in the last five seasons. I mean, that's a group that has consistently put itself in a position to be successful. And Jackson, who was the runner-up last year in Class 5 after a, a crushing overtime defeat to Carthage, uh, returned with a vengeance this year to the championship game. And, I mean, 49 points, they... They've they've scored forty nine or more in all every one of their games. Is that right? Do I have that right? Yep, you have that right. And they they just obliterated Zumwalt North. They scored four touchdowns on their first four possessions in the first eleven minutes of the game. I mean, this one was over by the end of the first quarter. You could tell Zumwalt North couldn't move the ball, and Jackson's offensive line was opening some huge holes. You and I could have run through them. I mean, this was really total domination. 
Well, Jackson's going to get to play Platte County in uh, the state championship game next weekend and in Jefferson City. I think Class 5 is at at uh, Helias. I think Helias is hosting that one. Um, all, the high sc- all the high school championship games this year are being played at high schools. Jefferson City High, which hosted the Class 6 championship, is also going to be used again. And then uh, Blair Oaks and Wardsville, just outside of Jeff City, will also be a host for next weekend's game. Thank you very much, Steve. We appreciate you joining us on the show. No, thank you very much for having me, Dave. I'm now joined by Joe Harris, who was down in the city off of North Grand, down at Cardinal Ritter, watching the host Lions take on a powerhouse from Blair Oaks. Blair Oaks, who put a turbo clock win on Lutheran North last week in the quarterfinals in Class 3. This week, the played at Cardinal Ritter in the semifinals and found a way to to have just enough points to get away from the Lions. And uh, what was shaken down off of North Grand today in the city, Joe? Well, you know, if you like offense, it was a very entertaining game. A 55-46 win for Blair Oaks. Um, you know, they, they had a 35-12 lead at halftime, and you're thinking, are we going to have another turbo clock situation like they had with Lutheran North? Um you know, uh, Blair Oaks just doesn't make mistakes. Um, you know, the, they, they're very sound. They're very good. They're very physical. And, uh, unfortunately for Cardinal Ritter, you know, uh, coach Spain said, you know, we can't, we couldn't make mistakes. We just made one too many today. Um, the lions put themselves in an early hole, um, two out of their first three plays from scrimmage. They put the ball on the ground, uh, Blair Oaks recovered them both. The Lions defense well, was able to stop Blair Oaks in the first drive, but uh, the Falcons converted the second takeaway in this points, and all of a sudden they're up seven nothing. Uh, Cardinal Ritter answered with a touchdown, but then Blair Oaks scored twenty unanswered and, and took firm control of the game early. And you're thinking, wow! And you know Luther Burden, their the Cardinal Ritter stud receiver was, you know, have, you know, having trouble making an impact and, but you always felt, you know, maybe second half, like last week, you know, he'll, he'll, uh, you know, it just takes one big play. And then you start the second half and lo and behold, there's Luther Burden 30 yard touchdown catch on their first drive of the second half. All of a sudden it's 30 to 35, 20. You're thinking, okay, maybe, maybe we can make this an interesting ball game. And it did become an interesting ball game, but you know, in, in a very unexpected way, you know, Blair Oaks answered with a touchdown, but the, the turning point of the, the comeback attempt for Cardinal Ritter happened on the next kickoff when Will Jackson returned at 80 plus yards for a touchdown. All of a sudden the Ritter bench is excited. They're up. Uh, they get the ball back on the next possession and Jackson scores on a 14 yard run. Um, and all of a sudden, um, you know, Cardinal Ritter is only down by eight points. It's 30, uh, yeah, 42, 34. And you're thinking they've got all the momentum, you know, this could be a, a comeback for the ages. Unfortunately, what a lot of people that were probably in the stands didn't realize is during that comeback attempt, uh, burden mm-hmm. twisted his ankle on special teams and he was limited the rest of the game. Uh, tried to give it a go, tried to gut it out, uh, and eventually they just took him out. He just he couldn't cut on it 
and it really limited Cardinal Ritter and what they could do offensively. They had to put some new faces in there and, uh, you know, they just, they couldn't uh, get any closer than that eight points. And, you know, Blair Oaks, uh, Blair Oaks answered and, uh, you know, pulled away for, for the win. Well, what did Coach Spain talk about after the game as far as it related to his defense? Because, I mean, if you score 46, and I know they scored on the, after the, the buzzer sounded like the very last play of regulation, but if you, if you score 46, you, you should win more often than not. But what was he talking about his defense giving up 55? Well, he said that, you know, that they got out of position with their eyes and, you know, they, you know, were, they got caught out of position. Uh, you know, he credited Blair Oaks with, with some of the scheme uh, and, and so forth. Uh, but, you know, he said that, you know, sometimes they were just not disciplined, uh, you know, in their gaps. And, and every time they seemed to miss a gap, Blair Oaks exploited it. And, um, you know, it, it was, I mean, this is a, a stout Cardinal Ritter defense and they made their, their fair share of plays. That's the scary thing. You give up 55 points, but you know, if you look at you know, the, the body of work, you, you, you would be wondering how they did that, you know, and it was just gash plays, big plays that they let up and, um, you know, it, it just, it snowballed on them. You mentioned uh, Will Jackson, his uh, Tulsa recruit. What was he able to do uh, for the Lions today offensively? Because he was a big part of their running game this season and, and, and was really on a mission to get them back to the championship game. He was a sophomore when they last played in the Class 3 title game in 2018, and he was subsequently ejected from that title game and then was supposed to sit the first game of the 2019 season, and he didn't, which is what led to the controversy of the ineligible player when the coaching staff put him in the first game at Nazareth in suburban Chicago in a different jersey with a different name on the roster and tried to act like he did sit that first game and didn't, and here we are now with a new coaching staff and 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 last year they had to forfeit all the all their games and their postseason. It was a mess. But what did Jackson do this year? He was his his games were limited because of the pandemic. But that young man was really on a mission to try and and get back to the title game. What was he able to do on Saturday? He did everything he could. Um, you know, he was involved in those two early fumbles, unfortunately. And and Coach Spain credited that to him and the quarterback TJ Atkins just not being in sync early on. And he said it was kind of head scratching because, you know, that's hadn't happened all season. And, uh, but they settled in and Jackson was the driving force in that comeback attempt. He finished according to my count, 18 carries, 152 yards rushing, a rushing touchdown and the kickoff return touchdown. And those yards don't include the kickoff return yards. Um, and he had a, a great quote, you know, he even, you know, told us after the game, he, he said, you know, I, I had to make up for that, for, you know, for those early mistakes. And he said, after that kickoff return, I could feel it. And I told my guys, I'm going to do everything I can 
to get us this win. I need you all to do everything you can. And he said, my teammates responded. They did everything they can. We just fell short today. And, you know, that's, you know, for a senior playing his last high school football game, you know, in a, in a tough performance like that, you know, that's after everything he's been through, you know, he was, he was pretty stand up after the game and, and, you know, uh, you know, talked to us at length and uh, was really thoughtful about the whole thing. I always appreciate it when the, the, the student athletes who, I mean, that is his last high school game and, some so many of them are thoughtful and intelligent and rational when everything in the world that they've been working years for has just come to an end it's it's really remarkable the maturity that that 17 18 year olds can really show in those moments cuz there's a lot of grown folks who aren't that mature when they have similar situations later in life so i'm happy Absolutely. to see her. mr jackson yep. was like that and and it's one of our least favorite things to do in, in a job that has a lot of French benefits. You know, I mean, let's face it, we get paid to go cover games and, and go to games. But, you know, interviewing a, a senior who, you know, has his career over, you know, in a, in a heartbreaking game, you know, it, it's what we've got to do, you know, because, you know, it's, it's our job, but it's, it's, you know, never pleasant. And, you know, I, Sometimes I dread it, but, you know, when you have a, a, a student athlete like that, it, you know, you're like, why did I even dread this? You know, he was really cool about it. And, you know, I, it's, it is refreshing to see, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. the, the student athletes act more mature than a lot of adults in that situation would. Joe, you cover hockey for us in the winter. More hockey for you this, this winter. I know you were at ball games or hockey games last night. Yes, I'm looking forward to some pucks, and uh, you know we've got the uh, preview coming out uh, on Monday, um, and uh, we'll have our five players to watch this season, and uh, you know feature talking about all the changes that we're going to have this year with mid states, uh, you know, to try to keep a season going with with coronavirus, and trying to keep everybody safe. Uh, you know, the players, the coaches, the officials, the fans safe in it. So that'll be uh, on the website and in your paper, you know, on the website Monday and your papers Tuesdays. Please buy a paper. <laughs> Please subscribe to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Yeah. Joe Harris, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. Thanks again, Dave. Have a good one. That'll do it for this special edition of the STLHighSchoolSports.com Friday Night Football Show. We'll be back next week to talk about MICDS and Helias in the Class 4 State Championship game, and then we'll deep dive on basketball as hoops get heated up on the hardwood. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. 